Kansas City Chiefs fire and forget in Frankfurt, but come away with the W against the Miami Dolphins. How it went down, how they looked, and what has to come next today on Locked on Chiefs Live. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. It is an early, early morning for this stream as well as a ball game, but the Chiefs get it done across the pond in Germany. We're brought to you this morning by LinkedIn Jobs to get you the qualified candidates that you want faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. The terms and the conditions were pretty good in Germany. A lot to go back and forth with. We are going to cover everything from what happened uh, with the offense and tale of two halves, the defense rules this day, and how did it all come together in Frankfurt? A lot to cover here with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest with us live. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football. And my partner, Chris Clark, is here, of course, from Chiefs Corner. That's kcchiefscorner.com, where you can get all the information that you need every week. We're going to cover it here. Thanks for making us your first listen after this post game. Uh, make sure you check out the other Locked On shows for your next one because we're free for you five days a week at least on every single platform, whether it's here on YouTube where I would ask you to like and to sub to the channel and maybe click that bell so you get notifications as well as all the Spotify and Apple and every other single platform. So this is a game that I think was uh, highly anticipated. We knew that there were high-powered offenses involved. In the end, this is a game that the Chiefs had to survive. They were able to get on the ground, get running. The offense looked crisp in the first half. We'll talk about what happened after that. But, Matt, on a, a tale of two teams traveling, I was actually really happy. Number one thing for me was they came out, they had the fire, and they looked focused for a team that should be a little jet-lagged. Andy Reid's scheme paid off, didn't it? Yeah, there were a lot of narratives that uh, did not fare well going into this game, and that was one of them. I mean, absolutely. And compared to last week about how this offense looked uh, against the Broncos, I think you certainly see what happens when Patrick Mahomes is healthy. That's a complete and totally different offense. But yeah, I mean, you can't. I don't think you could really blame anything that happened, especially in the second half, on uh, on on the jet lag or the travel because this team looked hot out of the box. That first drive was a very impressive. And, and the Chiefs offense, I mean, even though it struggled a little bit in the first half, they still controlled the game. I mean, to jump out to the 21 nothing lead, the offense was a big part of that with two scores. Um, I joked before the game that, you know, that this, you know, here that the, the NFL was exporting maybe its best game of the season, one of its best games against two teams that should have an uh, go up and down the field on offense and joked that it might turn into a, a defensive struggle and you know what to take out the the brian cook touchdown and it was a defensive struggle most of the game but you know it, it, the, both these offenses really had a hard time in the first half they really did and you look at this game and i just gotta say i i'm glad i was wrong uh glad i picked the chiefs to lose this game glad i was wrong i will take the l on that one and happily take it uh chiefs defense came out and played great like gangbusters from the start of the game and it was fantastic to watch offense looked great in the first quarter uh were able to move the ball up and down the field uh, early on and then you know kind of hit a little bit of a stumbling block until you know in the second quarter they were able to get another touchdown i believe but you know overall i think you got to feel pretty good about it with kansas city ended up going into the half going 21-0 uh and then not being able to do anything in the second half at all 
It certainly was difficult. And, and I think what we saw was some balance. We certainly had a lot of contributions on both sides of the ball. We're going to run those down for you later in the show, folks. But big takeaway in the end for me, Matt, is this was a team that played as a team, maybe more so than we've seen in the last few weeks, where every phase contributed. We'll have to talk about special teams as well because there was some good and there was some bad, and there's uh, an interesting takeaway there. But at the end of the day, Andy got the team over there. They got focused enough to go after a team that has been really hot on the offensive side. The defense stood up. The offense did enough to get it done. And for where we are in this season, having to go over there, I think that this is probably one of the better outcomes we could have we could have hoped for. Was it ever going to be a blowout? I don't think so. This was a gutsy game that they had to win, and that, I think, took some of the young guys through the crucible, and I think that will pay off down the line. Well, and and no matter how you really slice this, I mean, you know, once again, it's a look at what happened at the end of the game. I mean, this was a Dolphins team averaging, what, 495 yards a game, like almost 34 points a game. And what did the Chiefs hold them to? 292 yards and 14 points. That is a stifling performance to be able to, to get, get that defense down. But, you know, the reason why the Chiefs won this was essentially the first half offense. They put 200 yeah. yards up in the first half and really controlled the tempo. And I mean, and having that big early lead um, really put the Dolphins, you know, behind the eight ball from the very beginning. And and they, hey, they, they tried to make a comeback. They did. And the Chiefs, that's the converse thing. I mean, as, as dominant as the Chiefs were in the first half, they just barely did enough in the second half to put the game away. I have 67 yards of offense in the second half after 200 in the first half. I mean, clearly the Dolphins defense won the adjustment battle against the Chiefs offense. Uh, and, and frankly, I mean, they won the adjustments on both sides of the football. I mean, the Chiefs were really just fortunate that they were good enough in the first half. But that first half performance offensively was huge. Uh, if you don't get out to that big lead, you don't have enough in the tank to hold this team off um, because I, and I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if that's, once again, we circle back and we're going to talk about travel and say that maybe that was just Chiefs not having enough legs in the second half. I don't think that's the case. I think it was really just came down to coaching and execution, but you know, we do, we still need to see this Chiefs offense play a complete game. And they've had two, I think this year, they had one a couple of weeks ago. They had one against Chicago, which, that was a asterisk for the opponent, but we haven't you know, really seen this team play at its best, you know, for um, the majority of uh, the games this season. I mean, this team is still not firing on all cylinders. If they could play a full game consistently the way they played in the first half, there is not a team in the NFL that can touch this team. But until that happens, they're going to be in dogfights every single week. The thing that was interesting to me is you go watch what they did in the first on their first drive, and then you go watch why I think it was on their on their drive when they scored the next touchdown. They did things on both of those drives on offense that they haven't done all season. They had Sky Moore run some routes that he hasn't been running, and he was effective. They had Kadarius Tony run some routes that he's been that he hasn't been running, and he was effective. Uh, that slant over the middle of the field, while it's a small play, it may seem like a small play. They haven't been using him in that role. That's stuff that he can do and he can be effective in that role. Uh, the team played well, obviously, on offense early enough in the game. But, you know, as, as it went on, they went back to some other ways. And they've got to figure out how to continue to be consistent week in and week out on offense. The other thing that they got to do is they got to quit, be, quit beating themselves. Uh, and Chris Jones almost gave gave them that game in, in, in an aspect with his uh, untimely penalty. Let's put it that way. 
Well, and I'll res- I'll reserve the right to amend this later, Ryan. But uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, I mean, the first half to me, why the Chiefs were so effective, especially that first drive. Um, it was scripted as always, but Mahomes was getting rid of the ball quickly. Chiefs receivers were finding weaknesses in the zones, and they were just picking it apart. What happened in the second half? They stopped finding anything in the zone. Mahomes started looking for the deep ball and taking some shots and trying to push the ball, and they got out of rhythm. And you saw what happens. I mean, the turnover, because Mahomes is holding on to the ball too long. I mean, he had all day and forever to throw there. And that one thing that you can't do in that position and that down and distance is hold on to the football and take a sack. And he does that and turns over the football. So, I mean, to me, it was picture perfect precision in the first half, but in the second half, it was a little bit of the sloppy mistakes that we've seen in before. And, and maybe a new one that we'll add in because we've been talking about turnovers and certainly there was the key turnover that just about killed them. Um, There wasn't necessarily the drops, wasn't necessarily those kind of things, but I'll add one of the sloppy things that this offense does, which is Patrick holding Owen to the ball too long and trying to force things. And when he doesn't do that, they're unstoppable. And I get it. We all love the highlight plays that sometimes results from that. But this season, because the defenses that they're facing, a lot of bad things happen when he holds onto the ball too long. Well, and the one thing that stood out to me, sorry, really quick, Ryan. Pacheco, 16 rushes, 66 yards. They now move to, I believe, seven straight wins when he touches the ball or rushes the ball more than 10 yards or 10 times in a game. Uh, That is something that was consistent when they used him and they got going on first downs, even if it was just one or two yards. That's something that stood out to me on offense this game. And Matt, you and I, I think, are on the same page there about what that play was. We're going to talk about that when we break down the offense coming up later in the show, folks. We're going to talk defense and how they got this done. What stood out to us right after this? Because this was a high-stakes game. And our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs can help you with high stakes as well. Because these days, every hire feels like it's a high-stakes wager for your small business, whether it's yours or mine or anybody else's. And you certainly want to have the qualified candidates to get that job done. That's where you want to come into LinkedIn Jobs. It helps you find the right people for your team in your specifics faster and for free. All you got to do is add your job posting. You can actually connect it to your account. And the hiring frame wraps around your profile so everyone knows that you're looking for candidates to help you out. It lets you prioritize who you're going to interview, who you're going to hire, and hopefully get the right candidate as soon as possible. That's why small businesses list LinkedIn jobs as the number one in delivering quality hires that can help you move your business along. So LinkedIn jobs is here to give you those qualified candidates faster, easier, and for free, just post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. In a positive takeaway for me, this continues to be a season, the kind of season that I've been hoping for because I like to watch defense. This team showed up and withstood not just the barrage of Tyreek Hill plays, uh, which I think given a a split second in a number of ways, could have been very, very different on this afternoon uh, here in the States. But they attacked Waddle very well. I think they were prepared for that secondary attack, right? Uh, Later in the game, I agree, Matt, the defense did wear down. You saw their legs quiver a little bit when Mostert start to get that run going. But overall, they were able to pressure Tua. They were able to mix it up. The blitz was effective. And kudos to Steve Spagnuolo that the game plan was there. He sent blitzes from multiple levels. And I think that's the key going forward, and certainly in this ballgame, is made them less predictable. 
And I think overall, that's what got this done against this Dolphins high-powered offense. What do you think? Yeah, I'll be interested to see what the the blitz percentage was coming out of this game because it didn't necessarily seem like it was super high to me for for a Steve Spagnuolo's defense, but the situations in which they blitzed and the way that they were designed and disguised were just perfect. And you see how that just can get into the head of a quarterback on the last play of the game. I mean, uh, I thought it was notable that on the first take on on that fourth down play, when the Dolphins called the timeout, it didn't look like the Chiefs were bringing the house. Um, it looked like a totally different play call on the second, and when they basically brought a zero blitz. And Tua knew it was coming and still couldn't handle it. I mean, that absolutely the bad snap helped. But when the quarterback's got one eye on the blitz and it has to get one eye on the ball, those are the kind of things that absolutely happen when you get a bad snap and, you know, give the defense some credit. Bit, but consistently, whether it was Jalen Watson, you know, Trent McDuffie had a big you know blitz play. Um, consistently, when the Chiefs brought blitzes, they got it done. And, and in the first half, I was really interested to see how the Chiefs were going to be able to stop the run. And they didn't really stop the run. I mean, the Dolphins had some success. They just didn't try to run the football very often. And then they had some penalties that even when they got some you know good yardage on first down, they, they had penalties that eventually just put them into a third and, and just deep deficit that created some bad situations for them. But Dolphins, I think, ran you know six times in the first half uh, for 28 yards. That's a decent clip but just not enough for what they want to do to be able to set up the play action. So, um, I mean, the Chiefs did a good job, especially because they were not stacking the boxes. They needed to be able to stop the run with only putting, you know, five or six guys in the box because you gotta you got to cover these, these Dolphins wide receivers and you got to cover the edges. But they did that. And, you know, and they did that because, you know, the guys really stepping up, Drew Tranquil, Trent McDuffie. I mean, McDuffie deserves a lot of credit because he did a lot of support against the ground game. And obviously his turnover was arguably the biggest defensive play of the game. Well, it's neat coming back from injury. I was worried that we were losing the concussion right before half. I'm uh, glad he was able to come back in and play. Uh, really, you look at the defense and you look at what they were able to do. Pressure got home early in the game, and I think it affected Tua in the way they played in the first half. But the Chiefs ended up getting three sacks on the day, which is more than the Dolphins were able to get. They only got one sack on Mahomes. Uh, and that was one of the stories going into this game is who's going to allow the most pressure. Uh, both of the offensive lines have given up the few, one of the fewest sacks in the NFL, and then both of the defensive lines have been really good at getting pressure. Kansas City won that game. Uh, won the the pressure game, at least, uh, from that aspect, getting pressure on Tua at different times. Obviously, Mahomes uh, is fantastic getting away from blitzes and getting away from guys coming after him. But, you know, you look at that game overall, you know, Mike Edwards makes one of the best plays of the season for Kansas City. And it wasn't just the fact that he recovered the fumble after Trent McDuffie, uh, you know, forced it. It was the knowledge of being able to pitch the ball to Brian Cook and then not only pitch the ball to Brian Cook, but then to go and block the one guy, one of the one guys that could have gotten Cook on the run back. Edwards did everything right on that play. He showed up as one of the best professionals in the, in the backfield for Kansas city, because he showed it doesn't matter who gets the glory and what, whatever it's let's win as a team. And he showed it on that one play. And it took the contributions. That was the play of the game in my mind. I don't know how you feel, Matt, but it took contributions from three key players in McDuffie and obviously Edwards and Cook with that that run back. I'm literally telling folks that I'm watching with at the time that, listen, this isn't the fastest guy in this secondary, so just 
don't hold your breath here. And yet he gets it done. Uh, I thought that the usage of Cook today was was very well planned out. You saw him there on that last play uh, on the blitz, had a pretty good run at him, even if Tua hadn't uh, miscued on that snap, would have been there. I feel pretty good about that. And that variability, I think, is what comes back to it. Matt, is that the play of the game in your mind? And is there anything, anyone else who stands out uh, on the positive side of the defense? I mean, defensively, probably the play of the game. Uh, but I mean, and yeah, I mean, the, the best parts of it, obviously, is the score. I mean, that was the key part, but it doesn't happen without Trent McDuffie just absolutely drilling Tyreek Hill and making the play. Um, that was, it was a three part play. Although the Mike Edwards part of it, uh, I can tell you, I was saying, no, 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 yes, <laughs> which I'm sure is exactly what Steve Spagnola was thinking too. And I, I also will bet that when he got back to the sideline, I'm sure Herb Spags and Dave Merritt said, hey, Mike, great play. Don't ever effing do it again. Uh, it works. <laughs> when it works out, it's great. Don't normally want that. Normally hand the ball back to your MVP quarterback and just thank your lucky stars. Um, but that was, I mean, no, I mean, you can't, you can't beat the momentum of a play like that, especially when you take it away from the Dolphins' best player and you get seven points going the other direction. I mean, the, that felt like the ball game. And frankly, that, that touchdown was the game because it was the one that made it insurmountable at the end for the Dolphins to come back. Uh, I, but to me, you know, this is just another indication that this might be a really special defense. I mean, is it, uh, you know, the, the, the Ravens of the early 2000s or the 85 Bears or anything crazy like that? No, it's not that. But this can be a really, really, really good defense. And you pair a, a really, really, really good top three defense with the MVP offense, and you should be able to do special things. And that's the reason why the Chiefs are seven and two isn't because Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. It's because this is a top three defense. Yeah, and they continue to play like a top three defense. And whenever you can eliminate, uh, you know, drives by the other offense it's it's going to be great but kansas city doing it to the dolphins tyree kill eight catches 62 yards i think you have to feel great about that as a as a chief's defense he had been running over the league basically the entire season and they held him to only 62 yards he didn't get a score uh they have to feel great about that as well there's a lot of things to love about this chief defense they played their hearts out today and the one thing i'm really going to be interested in over the next couple of days uh, when we get some more information on it is how long did Tua hold the ball in this game when he was getting hit in, in, in different times? Because he's been getting the ball out so quickly. And that was one of the other key things going in this game is he gets the ball out in 2.2 seconds, which is usually basically your first read. If you make him hold it, the Chiefs defense can get home and at least create pressure. It doesn't have to be a sack, but create pressure. And that, I think, really helped them this game. Well, and the Dolphins' offense is entirely based on timing, and the and the Chiefs yep. did a couple of things that really threw them off. I mean, one is you have to get physical and challenge them, and you know they got a couple of penalties with doing that. But that is exactly what you have to do. You have to do things to throw off that timing, and and you saw it really come into play a couple of times. Not only when you know the timing gets disrupted and Tua has to hold on to the ball, but also when you depend on that precision timing, it's harder to make adjustments. So. You know, like that looked like a, a miscommunication there at the end with Tua, you know, just throwing the ball into nowhere. Well, that's because, you know, he and the receiver are no longer on the same page about what they're trying to do on the play. Maybe it was a slip on Tua's part. I'm not sure. But, you know, there was a, a few times in that game where the ball was going nowhere near where the receiver was running the route. 
And that comes down to, you know, what happens when receivers have to make adjustments based on timing and based on the coverages they're seeing and your quarterback and the receiver don't have a chance to get on the same page. I mean, we see Patrick and Travis do this all the time because they've played together forever. And that's an advantage that the Chiefs have. But when your offense is completely dependent upon timing and you can throw it off in any way, that's the result that you get today. The Chiefs did a fantastic job of that to me. Yeah, I agree. The The opposite could probably be said as well. Pass rush for the Miami Dolphins was productive. It did change some things for the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs offense has a couple of things going on, some positive, some negative. We're going to get to that on the backside of this because if you're trying to get into the action, this was certainly one of the best games to do it. It makes it easier if you use the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And right now they're giving you $150 in bonus bets. After winning a $5 money line bet, all you got to do is sign up as a new customer, bet that money line for five bucks, and you can earn 150 in free bonus bets applied to your account. Uh, that's 150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now's a good time. There's no better time, actually, because uh, now the Chiefs get a buy and you're going to have a little bit of room to really dig into those numbers, the spreads, the props, the unders and overs, everything that you want. It's a wide range of options for you at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can get there right now and kick this season off and get it into high gear as well. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. I want to start on the positive side here, Matt. We talked about balance going into this ball game. 17 called carries, I think, no, 18 by my count. Uh, could have been uh, another one or two in RPO situation, but they got and brought back the balance. I thought Pacheco ran as good as he has yet especially after contact because nothing was easy and he kept grinding that out. That for me was the the floor of this offense to just keep it moving and keep it churning. I was really happy with that aspect of it. Were you surprised that Andy was able to get back to basics? We've seen him go away in the past. Yeah, I mean, you usually do see the pendulum swing back after you have a game like last week that you get away from. And, and at the end of the day, when you look at it and you're like, okay, the pass run balance was completely out of whack and the offense doesn't you know, succeed as a result of it. I mean, I think that was definitely the case last week that it wasn't the deficit that really put them in the all-throw situation. I mean, it was really the the just the disbalance in the offense, for lack of a better word, and to make up one that hey, threw them off last week. I mean, it was just the, I mean, the, the Chiefs offense kind of threw themselves a kilter, off kilter last week. And, hey, I'm willing to throw that game out. Say Mahomes had the flu, made some bad decisions, turnovers, all those things don't normally happen and just say that that's an outlier game. But at the same time, they mean the Chiefs have had, you know, problems with consistency this season. And and one of the things I think you have to do when that happens is lean on the ground game. And and they did that today early. It was a, a key in the first drive of establishing the run, I believe, to be able to do that. You know, and it, it does a couple of things. I mean, one, you know, it obviously loosens up the defense, but two, it just, you know, helps out the offense, I think, gets settled in a little bit. So, you know, that first drive, the run was was really important in that first drive. Um, in the second half, yeah, you know, it, it got a little bit tougher across the board. There were some still, still some things I need to work out in the second half. Maybe you're right, Ryan. Maybe, you know, both sides saw the, the legs a little bit from the travel in the second half. Hard to say, but... Um, hey, if you can average more than four yards of carry, I mean, you're going to be okay most of the time. And that's what Pacheco did. It wasn't flashy, wasn't fantastic, but if you can do that consistently with this offense, you're going to be okay. 
Yeah, and they did that, and that's exactly what they needed to do. Uh, the interesting thing to me, you look at Sky or not Sky Moore, sorry, you look at uh, Rasheed Rice going into this game, and he's been getting five or six targets a game. He got two today. Uh, now, don't don't mess that up. He got a touchdown and a huge first down conversion on those two plays, but he wasn't somebody that they went to very often. But then, if you look at the stats. Uh, let's see. Justin Watson had five targets. Kelsey had four. Kelsey had four targets, three catches for 14 yards. He didn't actually beat Tony Gonzalez. And Matt, I know you're talking about this before the game. Tony Gonzalez's record with Chiefs yards until the fourth quarter with four minutes left to go in the game. If if that could have been a prop bet, I guarantee you people would have lost a ton of money that he, he was going to break that in the first half. And he only had he didn't get it until four minutes to go in the game. This Chiefs offense did not look good throughout the game, but they got it done when they needed to early on. They got it done in the second quarter, and they flipped the field at different times, which is which really actually made it harder for Miami and helped the defense in a way because obviously this defense is getting stops, but they don't necessarily have to deal with short fields other than that one fumble by Mahomes. So I think that really played into how this game went as well. Well, and obviously, I mean, the Chiefs didn't throw the ball as much today to a degree. I mean, Mahomes only has 30 attempts and spread the football around. I mean, like you said, Watson had the most targets at five. And, you know, and, you know, we'll sometimes see Kelsey get easily more than 10. So the fact that, you know, he wasn't targeted that much, it was really spread around. Um, nobody really got the ball going to them today. And, you know, and some of that is, Maybe the, the game plan wasn't really designed for, for one guy to get it. Maybe it was designed for the ball to go exclusively to Travis, but the Dolphins just absolutely bracketed him today to take him out of the game. I mean, there's no doubt every single week teams should have the strategy of saying we're going to stop Travis Kelsey no matter what. And and we saw a couple of teams like the Chargers and the Broncos a couple of weeks ago that decided that playing defense on Travis was optional. Uh, the Dolphins did not do that today. I mean, and even on one of the biggest plays of the game, that third and one, um, ball was probably designed to go towards Travis. Travis has three Dolphins on him, and they hit him at the line of scrimmage, so the, the play goes nowhere. And and then Mahomes ends up throwing the ball away because there's just nothing available anywhere. Um, I mean, once again, it probably brings us back to the whole conversation that the Chiefs are going to be in trouble until they figure out how to do something on third and one consistently. That is scary. The fact that you're holding your breath on every time on third and one, because you know what? I mean, the Eagles convert on third and one 92% of the time or whatever crazy number that Jason Kelsey has. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, that was, you know, one of the disappointments for me that it comes down to, you know, it's just those little tiny things, but uh, a lot of it today is that the Dolphins did do a better job on Kelsey than most teams have lately. And it's a little disappointing that with all that attention, the other guys weren't able to get open. And I, and yeah, there were some flags called, but I, I thought that the officials also let these two teams go at it as far as, you know, hands in the, in the backfield and down downfield and everything, because it looked to me like there was probably could have called holding and pass interference on every single throw today. Yeah. yeah. The third and, one was, was very, uh, something that you don't like to see, but they were 100% on third downs, third and shorts up to that point, and then they can't get that conversion. But they were over six today on anything over third and eight. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be something that you're normally going to get a first down on, but it's something they've usually had success with. They couldn't get anything going, and that's what stalled a lot of their drives. Sorry, Ryan. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I think nobody really exemplifies the day more for me than Sky Moore, who I thought on his two receptions – 
looked good, looked quick, was in the correct spot. The only time that he was targeted that he didn't make the reception is when he and Patrick weren't on the same page. That says a lot for me that they're still trying to bring him along and no, it wasn't a concentrated effort to target him. But when you have to d- distribute the ball like that, I, w- I was, again, encouraged by that. I was encouraged by Tony's downfield routes. Uh, obviously, that slant is something he should be doing every week. One target, one catch, 18 yards. Not enough, in my opinion. I think they have to start bumping that up. I, I really don't care what the reason is now. You just got to get after it. But the thing that that all comes down to is the decision-making process by the quarterback. And we hinted at it earlier in the show, and I want to hit it before we wrap up this show, is especially as it came down to the wire, Matt, there was a decision to throw a deep ball to MVS on third down when you needed nine yards. And I'm going to have to look at the 22 to confirm this, but I believe there were other options that should have been taken there that could have completed that ball. And I think that's what it all comes down to is the opportunity versus just getting the job done. And I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about what that's going to mean down the stretch of the season and into the playoffs. Uh, where are you on that particular play, and, and what do you read as this situation? Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how that one was, works out too. Uh, but, you know, it brings us back to the conversation about how are the Chiefs offensively going to scheme around a lot of the coverages that they're continue to see because – you know, if if the if the if the if if they're if they're getting rid of the ball quickly right now, things are usually going pretty well. I mean, we saw that on the first drive. The first drive was all about timing and getting rid of the ball quickly and and not trying to look at alternate reads. It was identifying the hot receiver and finding out who was going to be the best matchup. And Mahomes is great at those decisions and did a great job. And I get it that with the zones that they're facing right now. And some of the coverages, it's getting difficult. It's, and it's difficult for the guys to get open early in the route. So Mahomes is going one, two, three. Nobody's open. Then he's going to one, two, three in his reads again. And it's how far does he get before his internal clock kicks in and he starts taking off? And when he takes off, it limits you know the options and it limits you know his thinking. Because honestly, I mean, we know that once Mahomes goes one, two, three, and then he goes one, two, he's pretty much taking off and thinking about where's Travis. And that really, it cuts off the field a little bit. And, uh, you know, and, and that was different maybe in the past, but right now that is, that is his option. I mean, that's what he's thinking. And so I do think there's probably some times that he's missing some guys that aren't named Travis. Um, he's going to have to figure that out, but you know, it's, it's also a little bit of it going back to us. And we've talked about this many, many times and the chiefs having to eat their vegetables, you know, today I thought that especially in the second half and, and the targets to Justin Watson are a pretty good example of that to me, mm-hmm. which is that if you're pushing the ball that downfield that much against the coverages that you were getting today and what the Dolphins were doing, nothing's going to be open. I mean, that's just the matter of the fact. I mean, if nothing is there, what you have got to do is get it and the guys in the space, get it underneath. And that's why, you know, that touchdown to Rasheed Rice is the kind of throw I'd be making all day long. Because you get the ball to Rasheed Rice in that spot, say prayers for the defensive back who's going to try and bring down Rasheed Rice when he's got the ball on a full head of steam. I mean, that, I would love to see a lot more of that because I think that's going to be difficult to stop. And those are extensions of the run game for Andy Reid. So that, to me, doing more of that is going to eventually open things up, and I'm just surprised they're not doing more of it. More of it. Well, in Rice... In Rice, in that scenario, great job by Donovan Smith getting downfield, but uh, getting him open on that, being able to spring him into the end zone because Smith had a huge block downfield on that screen to Rice or whatever you want to call it, a bubble screen or whatever. 
Uh, I think that, you know, when you look at the offense in general, you're going to have to figure it out. And I'm kind of glad that this is where they have their bye week. Mahomes does great self-scouting. And this is the time where I think he's going to need to go back and watch film and do some of that self-scouting as they head into the second half of the season. Agreed. Uh, everyone's going to have to do that. Luckily, we're in a situation where we're going to be able to take some time and, and reevaluate as the team will. Matt will be back with us next week, so don't fret about that. But you do get, uh, as our, our resident guest post-game, Matt, to give the first game ball from this contest, who would you like to single out on a positive side? You know, you're saying I get the first announce, get the first uh, get a game ball. I didn't get the first pick today, Ryan, so don't throw me under the butt. Because I think all three of us would have taken the same first pick. So, mm. but I'll redo mine then. Take it. I, no, no, I'm giving you your guy. So I just want okay. everybody out there to know that I'm not an idiot. I'm, you know, I'm doing some high level thinking here, though. Um, <laughs> for me, I'm going to, I'm taking, I'm giving it to Drew Tranquil. Um, once again, another yeoman's job of managing this defense. This was a day that you had to make sure that you minded your P's and Q's and didn't see any confusion, didn't see any problems with the communication. Everything was lined up. But not only that, um, Drew drew a lot of assignments downfield, chasing some of these you know these receivers and, and providing extra coverage. He was in zone an awful lot. And then on top of that, he was aggressively playing the run. It was a big part of stopping things up front. So um he i would love to see how many miles that drew tranquil ran today because i bet it was probably up there with some of the corners uh he did a lot of work and once again great tackling good job running the defense tip your cap to him and give him the game ball i like it go ahead ryan since you got the okay. you got the first choice well when you when you're first one in the chat as we start to run the show you know then that's the way that it goes fellas uh it's real simple for me uh not just because I uh, led the team in tackles uh, by a two-to-one ratio today and was in all the right places. Came up I, I w- actually with an impact that I was concerned about his health there at one point on a, a trip play that he just barely got Tyreek Hill's shoelaces. At the end of the day, the biggest play in the game started with him. It ends with him for me. It's Trent McDuffie, a guy that if you were going to say, who's the better corner that's going to face Tyreek Hill, having McDuffie not done that before, you would have picked Snead all day long, and you would have been right to do so. McDuffie stands up and makes himself known as the guy that is going to be the CB1 in this defense for a long time. And I'm going to go with the other corner. I'm going to go with Snead. Snead, I think, played his, his butt off today. And as physical as he was, and you know what? I really don't care on the holds on you know illegal <laughs> contact downfield early on against Snead. You got to set the – you know, you have to set the – the way that you're going to play, you have to set the aggressiveness early on. And I think that's what Snead did. And I think that that really played into how this Chiefs defense was able to play. Uh, his physicality with Tyree Kill, uh, they showed multiple different times where he was going after him at the line of scrimmage. And that's exactly what you need to do uh, to try to slow him down. And I think that really helped early on. And I think it helped throughout the game. So I'm going to give my game ball to Jerry Snead. That's awesome. And, and um, both those guys, both those corners drew the assignment of, of Chase and Tyreek most of the day. And yep. that was an incredible job by both of them. And fourth forced fumble of the year from your cornerback, Trent McDuffie. That that's why that the Chiefs secondary and the defense says that he is their best ball hawk. He may not always get interceptions, short arm mm-hmm. and all, all that, all the, the little undersized Trent McDuffie <laughs> not getting the interceptions. But when he puts the ball on the ground four times, those are those are big, big turnovers. Yeah, and a Knicks fan, you you called out the guy that was on my list as well. Honorable mention to Willie Gay for his hustle today, especially yep. that 
that blitz that um, what was a seven yard loss I think he created as well as on the offensive side Isaiah Pacheco for uh, yards after contact for grinding that out in scrums most of the day so cheers to him hey, we're going to have hey, fighting to play sorry I just want to throw that out there yeah he was questioning we're going to the game We'll continue to break down all the stats and all the takeaways once we get the grades tomorrow. So be with us all week long. It's a bye week. We're still going to have all the information you want. We're going to check in with Mac. You can get all of his work and all his inside detail once the team's back on U.S. soil over at ChiefsDigest.com. He also has Chiefs Digest here on YouTube, so make sure you go subscribe to that as well. Thanks for sticking with us. A little little extra time here on uh, the postgame live, Matt. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. And if anybody wants to even go further in depth, you can always catch me and Nick Jacobs on 41 is the mic on our postgame podcast every week. Always good. I'll be on our GR live here in a little bit. You guys can follow up there. We'll have Chiefs content for you between the three of us all weekend long. So enjoy yourselves. Have a good time the rest of your Sunday. And uh, I'm glad you all got up. Have a good one. Take care. and We'll talk to you next time.